Welcome to another episode of Fast Women. I'm Eileen. And I'm Nicole. And by coincidence, we are in the same room today. We are. It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while (laughs) since we've been together. We've been in our houses or in a house in a hotel or both in two different hotels. Finally... The same room in a hotel. <laughs> same room in a hotel. We're in the hotel that I described as concretey the last time uh-huh. on the last episode, which my husband called me out on. That is not a word, which I am aware it's not a word. But you know it, what? It's still, still, I'm sitting here. It still feels concretey. I feel like it feels. I mean, I'm looking up at the ceiling, and it looks like slabs of concrete that they went kathunk, 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 and then called it a room. Right. So today from the Concrete Room at Mountain Shadows Resort, which is in Scottsdale, Arizona, we are recording, we're talking about the Nissan Aria, which is Nissan's new electric SUV. Mm-hmm. Now, I first drove this a year ago in Japan on a very closed course. And I first drove it five months ago in Nashville when there was a tornado coming. Yeah, so, oh, I remember that. Remember, mm-hmm. I remember we were talking about how there's yes. a tornado outside your room. Yeah. So, uh, tornadoes have been following you lately. Remind me not to ever they see you again. They have been following me. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we're here to drive it. Now, the the Nissan Aria, this version, is the all-wheel drive version, which you're like, okay, well, what's the big difference? Usually they're like, okay, go test the all-wheel drive version in the rain or in the snow. This is, I mean, the day I was there, it poured rain. We had the the tropical river, whatever they're calling it in California. We had a deluge. Their roads were closed. People were spinning out all over. It was really not great. So I actually really did test the all-wheel drive. This all-wheel drive has more power. It has, it's heavier because it's got different motor. Right. Um. It, so it, it's and it's more expensive. Like those are the three things. And they call. I need to say it's not just called all wheel drive. It's called E Force, but it's not E F O R C E. It's E the number four O R C E. It's E four Orse. It's E four Orse. Yes. It's stupid. Can we just like, use no. real words? Like it, it's the only thing worse is B Z four X, which is like capital B lowercase C. Sideways for hieroglyphic X. I, I can't get that one straight either. So, like, just get real names, real names. I'm so waiting for a greater than or less than symbol at this point. Like, I just, like, it's coming. Like, like we've got hyphens. Like, why don't, like, there's going to be an ellipsis that just shows up at some point, And it'll be like, that's totally normal. It's fine. As long as it's an EV, it's fine. To that end, we were, we're it's something we can't talk about yet, but we were driving the Ionic 6 today, and people were talking about Ionic 5, Ionic 6. So what happens in the middle? Is there, like, a 5.5? And Monday's like, no, there's not a 5.5. 5.5. No half numbers, which I'm at least relieved to know. Do you remember when uh, Nissan insisted on for Altima that it was like, it's the Nissan Altima 2.5 T. Yeah. And you're like, no, no. just stop. Like, it's, just stop. I no. don't, if we can't keep it straight, if we can't keep it straight, no regular person is ever going to keep all this straight. No. Ever. And we're, we're irregular people, and that's why yes. we can't even keep mm-hmm. it straight. So let's talk about the REM. So... There is a definite difference in power. There is a definite difference yeah. in the way it drives compared to the, the the E4 Force compared to the traditional Aria, which has four wheel four wheel drive, front wheel drive. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with it. Um, I'm trying to like hedge because I, I don't want to like give it all away. But they had this really great like little graphic they showed us. I guess it was a little video yeah. of a little car on a conveyor belt that had ramen in it. And they were trying to like move the car, and the car was to stop and go without the ramen spilling out of the bowl. Yes. And when you're in the Nissan Aria, unlike when you were in, say, the Mustang Mach-E mm-hmm. by Ford, you actually can feel that it's a very smooth takeoff and a very smooth braking, no matter what. Like, it's, it's smooth. Even when you jam on the brakes, which... Mine faulted and did for me thinking I was running into something when I wasn't. Oh. I think it's because of the rain. The rain. They fixed it. They were prototypes. So rain that's, screws up everything, yeah. people. It really does. Sometimes that thing happens. So that's not on Nissan. Um, I was sitting still at a traffic light, so that was also not on me. But, um, yeah, so, like, even when it jams on the brakes, like, it's a smooth, abrupt stop. Mm-hmm. And that that not jarring motion, like, to me, that's something that customers don't know they're seeking. But when they get into it, they're like, this feels like luxury almost. It's, like that's yeah, a really easy thing. It's one of it's like, you know, when you're driving a car and part of what Eileen and I are supposed to do by driving so many cars is be able to look and say, This feels better and why. That's why. You might not know that that's what makes it feel smoother, but that is what makes it feel smoother mm-hmm. when you have a very when the braking is not harsh, especially when they're the regenerative like the way they have the regenerative brake regenerative, it's late. That braking, it's so much smoother. It's it's less likely, if anyone's ever experienced that, where it can almost make you carsick if it's too aggressive, 
and someone's not driving smoothly, if you drive too much like you're driving a gas vehicle using an EV that has the regen on really high, it suddenly becomes like a new kid who's never driven a car before and there's that stop and go and it will make you queezy. It's almost like a roller coaster that's like, yeah. you're, like you're like your stomach's just lurching back and forth. Right. And they, they balance it to make sure, okay, so even so the regen on this is not gonna create that queasiness. It's gonna be a smoother braking motion and it, it works. And that's true even so they had us do a cone course at Sonoma Raceway, which is like so disappointing because you're like, I'm at the raceway, and that's a really good raceway to drive. It's your favorite, I think, in the country. I love that one. And we were on this little cone course outside. Now, they did have us floor it around corners, and, and their whole thing is like the more power you give it, as opposed to your instinct is to back off the power when you're going around a corner really fast. They said, no, give it more power. Mm-hmm. It actually will grab and grip better. And it will be stable at the same time. And damned if it isn't true. It really, like, it really, it really it works. works. As they're saying, like, they had a section of the track they purposely made wet, which wasn't probably an issue for your track. No, we were flooded. The whole thing was wet. But our track, they actually had a section that was wet. And they were like, okay, so you really want to, you know, be aggressive through here. And I was aggressive, but I'm not going to be so aggressive that I feel like the car is going to go sliding out. I was not being aggressive enough. It's so good at what I'm like. It doesn't feel like I'm trying. No, I am trying to make it slide. And it's it's not. It's It's so... It's very controlled. It was impressive. It is very controlled. And I will say that the team who worked on this E-Force is the same team that worked on the Nissan Pathfinder mm-hmm. all-wheel drive. And that has really impressive all-wheel drive, too. So it's no surprise that this is really good. But honestly, it's just so smooth, and it's so assured, and it's 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 just right where it needs to be. It is honed in. And I feel like when we talk about Aria, we talk about the customer who is coming from a Nissan Murano. So that customer who is maybe an empty nester, who wants an EV, but doesn't necessarily want like your typical just run-of-the-mill EV. They want something a little bit higher end, but not luxury. And I feel like the Aria really delivers for that customer. Mm-hmm. And its price point, I mean, you and I dr- were driving the Ionic 6 today, like you mentioned. The Aria is about the exact same price. Like yeah. even with all-wheel drive, it's only $2,000 more in the top trim. That, honestly, like, especially when you look at the Ionic 6, that feels really, really well-priced. It is well-priced. And, I, and you know, and I also think about the Aria. Like, Nissan is not a luxury brand by any means. And this particular vehicle, though, the Aria sort of stands apart in, in just the styling and the look and the quality of the materials and the whole feel. I think part of it is that the interior of it is designed so differently. It has this sort of, like, forward-looking design to it. It's like, okay, this is where... This is where Nissan's going, not where Nissan has been. And it makes it gives it a premium feel because part of what makes a car premium, people are like, well, it's a Nissan. It's not just about having super fancy Napa leather or having, you know, crystal gear shifts or any of this like crazy, you know, like Rolls Royce level luxury. It's the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere. And by having something that does something unique and different, that you don't look and think this is just like every other car that I've ever driven, when it just feels different, like this looks different. The materials are just different the look of it is different the textures are different it does make something feel luxurious and a large part of luxury is that sort of exclusivity it's different it feels exclusive so it has a really nice interior that adds to the overall experience of driving it there there's ambiance there you don't get a lot of vehicles like it almost Mm -hmm. feels to me like you're in a restaurant a nice restaurant where you sit down at the booth and you're like i'm surrounded by natural materials there's some polished copper or brass nearby like it feels like just a very natural sort of welcoming environment Mm -hmm. and despite the fact it has that nissan badge on it it doesn't feel like it's not it like you look at it it kind of you're like i see where the the versa family fits in there and like the ultima and the centra but it's not like this is a Nissan. Like, it's not like blaring at you like this is a rental car. It's not. Right. It very much doesn't feel like it is. But I have two. I have two gripes about it. Okay, what are your gripes? My no. first one is the most important one, what? and that is the fact that it's very difficult to find and adjust the seat heater in a expedited fashion <laughs> while you were driving. Were now, you freezing to death while you were driving the Nissan Aria? Okay, so I wasn't freezing, but I okay. mentioned it was pouring rain, and yes. it was pouring rain and my my sweet little fanny we've talked about my fanny has has predicaments it likes to be warm and comfortable yes and my little fanny it took i was driving and i had to like stop on the side of the road to figure out how to turn over the heat your poor little fanny chilled (laughs) my little fanny was chilled i have needs nicole i have needs and and so i was trying to like adjust that and it's just not easy it's a touch screen only there's no actual physical buttons okay um there's not physical buttons really in the car but there are touch sensitive buttons on the dashboard i would like to have a touch sensitive button for for the seat heater and seat cooling. What did you think about the touch sensitive buttons? Did you find them 
I like, like good. So I like the fact that so there's not like piano black everywhere, which right. is a plus. Thank God. Um, it's like underneath a wood like texture. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I think it's different. I think it's easy to use. It blends in in the right ways where you're not like mystified as to what's underneath the wood <laughs> because it's illuminated. If, yep. you, if you haven't seen it online, go check it out because it is so different and unique. It's hard to describe, but it's just one of those things that it's. It's just really cool. Like it's, I, I, I really like it. Honestly, I think it's, I, I think it's great. I think it's a kind of a next generation thing. And I, the physical buttons, I'd like to see more physical buttons. Obviously, that's kind of where my head always is. Yeah. But I think this is a really good in between, except for the fanny heater. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about back fanny, the rear fanny. Okay. The Brits call it the is... front fanny. Some they call it front fanny. We're, we're not talking about that fanny. We're talking about rear fanny. <laughs> to be very clear. <laughs> Whatever you say, Eileen, I'll let you run. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. No, no, no. This is so great. what was beef number two? What was great number two? Beef number two is range. And I think that <sighs> this is this is what they're going to get dinged on. And it's yeah. something you and I talk about a lot. And I want to talk about it a little bit more as we get later in this episode. But 220 miles, 196 miles for range, that doesn't seem like a lot. Now, I will say this. This customer who's going to buy this is going to be an around town customer. They're, not, they're going to go visit the grandkids across town. They're not the customer that's going to be charging on the go constantly. Yeah. So that makes sense. Like 220. I'd like to see 300. I'd like to see it a little higher. I think the range is a little low. And again, I know we will say a thousand times that is more than enough to cover what a person, the average person drives in an average day. But there is some comfort to the fact to knowing like, well, if I decided to just take off and go check out that restaurant I just heard about that's 70 miles away or whatever, that you could do it without worrying about having to charge. It, it, I always feel like low charging range removes some of the spontaneity from your everyday because you have to think, well, we've been driving around all day. Should we charge before we go? Do we make sure that there's someplace to charge when we get there? And that's just on the cusp of having enough range where you have to worry about that. You would. And I feel like, too, at least when I grew up, it was always don't let the tank get below a yes. third of a tank or a quarter tank. That's like it. my grandfather. And so, like, to me, when it's like, okay, you're going to have 10% of range left, I'm like, that's not 25%. Grandpa's going to be mad. Exactly. Like, there's like, still that mentality. Like, yes. I know it's there, and I know I'm not going to run out and be stuck on the side of the road because I plan better than that. But also, like, I just want to know that it's there. Yeah. It's stupid. It's a mentality thing. I don't know if a different generation is going to grow out of that because, you know, we're obviously growing out of it. Yeah. Um, when they have, you know, electric vehicles all the time. But I like knowing I have a cushion. And I think most people, I think even if it was that every car on the road today was a fully electric vehicle, people are still good because... We, you just don't want to run out of whatever is powering your car. I don't care if it was a nuclear reactor. I don't want to run out of whatever power is powering my car. So you get to a certain point and you have that panic. Okay, what if I get a little lost? What if the place I'm going to charge doesn't charge? What if the gas station's out of gas? What if the charger's broken? What if the pump doesn't work? You have the same kind of worries no matter what the fuel is that is making your car go. So I would like to see more. The other thing, it's not... And I'm, I should have the specs in front of me, Eileen, and I don't, but it doesn't charge as quickly as some of the other guys. So when you do stop to Correct. charge, you are spending, it takes you longer to charge up that battery, which is another drawback if you're just like, I need to top this off and go, oh, top this off, get a coffee. Yeah, and, and, top, and, and lunch. Yeah, yeah and it, lunch. it doesn't charge yeah. as fast as like the Kia EV6, which right. we drove across country, which if you didn't hear that, you can tune into our Disneyland to Disney World episode and listen to that. But that would be a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. With It probably would have doubled our charging time at least. Easily. But again, most people aren't driving us like right. that. That's they're driving across town. They're right. charging at home. They're going to see the grandkids maybe 50, 60 miles away. If they are going to go... They're probably a two-car household. Right. Maybe dad has a pickup truck left over when he used to work every day. That's the car they're going to take if they're going to do a road trip you together. You generally have that, second, you have that mm -hmm. second vehicle. I think a lot of people, if you're really road tripping, maybe you do just have an EV and good for you. But I think for a lot of people, a lot of families, just people talking to, even our colleagues, it's like if I was going to road trip a lot, I want one vehicle that's either a PHEV, so there's a gas engine, or just straight up, I want something with a gas engine because you just don't want to... It's a little tricky. It's still tricky. I know what the network is coming. I know Electrify America talked to us and said, we're working on it. But, like, right this second now, on Tuesday, March 21st, it's not there yet. No, I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree. All right. So when we come back, we'll talk, talk about the Hummer EV SUV. We'll talk about the Dodge Hornet, which I'm going to say correctly this time, the first time. Okay. And um, we'll regroup. We'll be back in either San Francisco or Asheville, depending on what you want to talk about first. Okay. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, we are back with the second part of Fast Women. Nicole, are we talking about the Dodge Hornet or the GMC Hummer EV SUV? We're talking about the Dodge Hornet because that was the first set of specs that I brought up, and that's what we're going with. Okay, now I have to say to all of our listeners, there's a bit of a problem when you start typing Hornet all the time in your phone, is that it starts auto-correcting to horny. No matter what. Like, Nicole yeah. and I have been typing the Dodge Horny to each other. And I'm just I'm just going with the Dodge Horny. Like, she types it, I'm like, I'm not even phased. Oh, about the Horny? Yes. What about the Horny? And it keeps it with a capital H, which yeah. I find is impressive. Like, it's a very formal Horny. It's like, it's decided I'm not going to completely go, just, I'm going to I'm gonna blend the word you meant to type plus the word that you didn't mean to type at all. And it's not just my phone. Your phone does it. Which other people's phone does it. So, I, I think it's an Apple thing. So, maybe Tim Cook is into the Dodge Horny. I really don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's, this is very much an I don't want to know philosophy. Right. It would but, be an entirely different image on the side instead of a little buzzy little Hornet. Can you imagine? What would the logo have let's to do Let's not imagine. Let's not imagine <laughs> no, live on like, the air. It would be like, the, be like the, the truckers that have the naked lady thing on the mud flaps. Okay, I mean, I, I, I feel like that. Maybe you need to just DM Tim Kaniskas and be like, hey, quick Tim, question. I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea for you. Tim, for those of you who don't know, is the head of Dodge brand. Um, so I think you feel like not taking that call. <laughs> not taking that call. No. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the Hornet. You yes. drove it. I did not drive I did. it. You went to Asheville, North Carolina. I Where did. did you stay? So I stayed at the Kimpton... Something. It's a Kimpton. Oh gosh, I'm terrible. I failed. I stayed at a Kimpton that's right down, down, downstairs, downtown in Asheville. Is it one we have stayed at before? I don't believe I've stayed at this one before. There was, I think, a Volkswagen program Kimpton that stayed ours, at it? That wasn't this, that was different. That was a different okay. hotel than where we stayed for Volkswagen was different. So this is the Kimpton. Um, it's a lovely hotel. We stayed there. We had our little breakfast there. The Kimpton Arms. Aris. Aris. Kimpton area, area in my head. And I'm like, no, that's the. I'm thinking of the car, the Nissan Aria. It's not the Kimpton Aria. No. It says it is a haven in the heart of downtown Asheville. Did you find it to be a haven? I found it somewhat havenish. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. did you eat at the Mediterranean restaurant or at District 42? Quote a gathering place for craft cocktails and shareable bites. I ate at the restaurant downstairs. Had a lovely breakfast with some muffins. I had the breakfast. There's no there's no indication of muffins on here, but I will take your word for it that you indeed ate a muffin there were at muffins, the lovely the lovely Kimpton so then, Heiress Hotel. And then I went. So where I went though, I went to a place. Um, so we got there early enough that we had some time, and so I wandered about to try to find something to eat. And it was on a Sunday, which I desperately tried to avoid traveling on a Sunday. But the way the programs worked out, because it's it was ridiculous. I had to travel on a Sunday. So I went to the place called Curate, which is a tapas bar. And I walked, Oh, I saw your photos from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I walked in and I said, hey, any chance you have, you know, seating for one? And she's like, well, if you want to sit at the bar, it's a full menu. I said, okay, sure, no problem. I think I got the last seat in the place because I realized I was going around when people are brunching in the south on a Sunday. Oh, that's right, because people do that. Yes, and as I was sitting there, I heard them, like, decline everybody else who walked in that didn't have a reservation. So I <gasps> kind of felt like I won the lottery. So I got this, I got ham croquettes, little teeny tiny Oh, I love croquettes. croquettes. They were really good. And then they had Marcona almonds that they, like, had roasted and salted. I got those. And then I got a coffee drink that had, like, an they called it a Spanish coffee, and it had brandy and, like, orange peel on top of it. And it was the cutest little glass cup. You know that tiny little glass, like, slightly larger than an espresso glass, but not really a coffee cup, like, halfway in the middle? Like, the, like a Dixie cup size? Like Dixie cup size. Yeah. But it was glass, and it had a little metal handle, like a little metal rim, and okay. it had a little matching little, little saucer. I see the hand motions you're doing, to sh- as if I don't know what a cup and saucer well, is in like. in case you didn't, you heathen. So, <laughs> so it was the cutest thing, and it was so good. It was really, really, it was like the perfect meal. I just sat there and lazily enjoyed this meal and then I walked down the way and there was a 
cookie. I got a cookie. There was this cookie company, and they had all these cookies, and I forgot the name of the cookie company. Shoot, wait, it was really good cookies. I'm Googling, I'm Googling. Um, but they apparently they have a bunch of different shops, and they had all these different flavors. I got a frosted snickerdoodle cookie. Ooh, that sounds good. It was really that sounds, good. That sounds like something Crumble would make. Mary's Mountain Cookies. Mary's Mountain Mary's Mountain Cookies. Yes, <laughs> but it was much more like Mary's Mountain Cookies. It was like really... Oh, like a... Fr- did they have... No, it's Asheville, so I have to ask. Did they have the theme of bears anywhere? They did not. It was very heavily St. Patrick's Day themed because... Oh, was it St. was St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. There are very many things with green frosting and green sprinkles and there was one that had a gold coin on it. You know what the problem is with frosting that's colored like that? It makes like, your lips that color. Well, that, tongue. like green or blue heavily, yes. is that it comes out that color, too. <laughs> I have not really eaten enough of that to so, experience that problem, Eileen. <laughs> Fun little story. My brother, when he was very young, had a, a Cookie Monster cupcake that was like, had like a full... Cook like a frosting cookie monster on it. Like it, it was enormous blue. for like a for like a two year old. Yes, and for some reason my mother thought it was a good idea to give it to him. That um. kid pooped blue for like days. <laughs> I just remember because I was old enough and I had to change his diaper. And my mom was like, "I'm done with it." And I was like, "Why is it blue? Is he is something wrong with him?" Like, so, anyway, that's my fun so, fact. My brother so, doesn't listen so, to the podcast, so it doesn't matter. So we've also gone for the Dodge Horny, and now we're talking about poo. So you know we what talked about poo last time too. So this that is our thing now. I, no, I hope not. I really hope not. So, so that was. So I really had a nice time and wandered around Asheville, and I. I'm going to tell people what I bought for you, but I'm not going to swear on the air. So when things, I have a favorite word, so when things, well, many favorite so words. when things go wrong, Eileen's <laughs> go to go to phrase, and she said is like mother. Ever. And she says it with two spaces just like that. And she says it with great, like, the world. I can't I have it. a lot of gusto when she I swear. She has gusto when she says it. So I found this. There's all these little shops in Asheville. And I found this adorable little vase, like a handmade vase. And it's, like, got flowers. It's, like, cream colored and green. It's really cute. It's, it's really, really pretty cute. and very delicate and, and feminine looking. I picked it up, and I'm like... Oh, this is the cutest! And I turn it on the back is stamped in Mother Effer on the back, and I immediately was like, "I'm buying this for Eileen." So, and, and then you flew two different distances across the country to give it to me. I flew to California to Boston, then back down here, and it made it. So I feel like I've handed the Holy Grail off to you. You have the so gusto grail. I, I gave her the Mother Effer vase, and I expect her to treasure it forever. I will. It will sit next to um, my. It's on my desk. So when we record the podcast, and I am at home in my office. The, the vase will be there for inspiration and also so I don't swear Excellent. on air. Excellent. You can just hold it up and shake it at the screen and know that that's what you mean. Yes, yes. With great gusto, I shall shake it and not break it. So when I wasn't buying vases, eating cookies, or having ham croquettes in a really cute little cafe, I was dodging. You were dodging hornying. <laughs> oh, I was driving the Dodge Hornet. So... The thing is, and this is the first thing everybody said immediately when I shared this uh, social media stuff, it's just a Tenali. Well, it's not just a Tenali. There's slightly, the Alfa Romeo Tenali and the Dodge Hornet, there, there's a lot that's the same, not going to lie, but they are different and the styling's different. And I, we have not driven the Tenali, so we cannot speak to... We're going to drive the Tenali soon. That's the good news. So we'll be able to like, compare and contrast. We're going to be but, doing a lot of Tenali driving. But it feels like the Tenali is very much more going to be known and sold in Europe. Dodge is like U.S. Like Dodge yes. is so U.S. And you will be able to get the Tenali mm-hmm. in the U.S. The Alfa Romeo is doing that. It's just... The U.S. thing to go for is going to be the Hornet. So I like the styling on it. I thought it was a nice blend of looking like... A Dodge vehicle, but crossovering it. Yes, like it definitely. Like I look at it and I think this is the new Dodge Journey, as it were. Even though yeah. it's not a three R SUV, like it feels like it fits in that spot where the Journey has, where it's not super low price, but it is budget conscious, especially in the lower trim levels. Right. It feels like it's plenty fast enough for the average person, mm-hmm. but also like that that person who buys a Dodge Charger that's maybe medium grade or lower, like this is their complimentary Dodge because they love Dodge, right? And they haven't had an SUV to buy it in a while, right? It feels very much like that, and like it's going to be popular in fleets. And don't tell me it's not going to fleets or whatever. It's going to end up in fleets yeah. one way or another. So, so that's how I view it as yeah. an outsider. And and driving it was great. It was it was fun to drive. We had some nice twisty turny mountain roads outside of Asheville. It's a beautiful place to drive through, which is why I think we've done so many drive programs down there. It is a good place. So yeah. it's a lovely place. You get two flavors basically of this. You have the GT and then the RT, which is the plug-in hybrid. So we did a lot of driving in the GT. Um, that has a two-liter four-cylinder turbo. It is two hundred and sixty-eight horsepower. 
295 pound-feet of torque. So it's got a decent amount of power. It has a decent amount of get-up-and-go. It's paired to a 9-speed automatic. So it's fun to drive. It's not, you guys, it's not a Dodge Charger Hellcat. But they were trying to build a Dodge Charger or Challenger Hellcat. They didn't build a Hellcat. That's not what this is supposed to be. This is supposed to be a family SUV right? with two rows of seating that gets you from A to B in a fashion that is very Dodge-like yes. in terms of the way it looks, the way it feels. But it's, like you said, it's not supposed to be the zippity-zazzity-zoo. It's it's going to be just, you know, it's a Dodge SUV. Right. Does it feel like a Dodge SUV or does it feel very European? Like, you and I have driven European cars. Yeah. Does it feel like a this, European this, car? This feels like a Dodge SUV in the right ways. I think it does. I think it strikes a good balance. Um, it's weird because people are really hating on this. Like, I haven't even said drive impressions online anywhere yet. I've just released, like, impressions about what I thought about the design and the overall look and, you know, engine specs. People want to hate on it, but I think people need to give it a chance, which sounds weird. Just give this a chance. If you're a Dodge fan and you like the look of it and you want to have something that's a more compact SUV, not huge like a Durango, smaller, a little bit more manageable, a little bit more fuel efficient, this handles nicely. It has a nice transmission. It has a nice engine, good power, and I enjoy driving this. The interior is really well done. Um, they have a track pack that adds like um, sportier seats. It adds uh, like an Alcantara seating that has the perforated seating and the dots are different colors. So like it's gray and you see little red dots peeking through. So it looks really phenomenal. I think the interior looks great. I really did like it. So, but I guess my question is, do you, is it enough to make people buy it compared to other things? Like compared to, like when I think low cost, I think the Koreans, I think, I think Hyundai, I think Kia, I think... Nissan, Nissan's Japanese. I think of those brands. Is is this enough for people to go, I'm going to stop buying my Sportage. I'm going to stop buying my Niro. I'm going to, you know, stop buying my Rogue and go to Hornet. Like, is do you think that there's a market there for it? I think, here's what I think. I think it's a tough, I do think this is a tough sell for Dodge. If they had made this a Hellcat Hornet or made it gone that direction, it would have been an easier sell. Because people have been like, yeah, I get all that crazy power in my little crossover. But they didn't. So I think it's a sort of a new direction for them in many ways. Um, I do think there's people that would love to have a Dodge that like the Dodge sort of, you know, what their brotherhood of muscle, um, that like the power that that offers, that like the being a part of the club, so to speak, and that enjoy the Dodge brand. And there also are still a lot of people who will refuse to buy anything that is not an American brand. It, it, you know, and it's a thing. It is a thing. As good as another brand might be, I love Kias, I love Hyundais, I love Nissans. They're not American brands. So a lot of people are like, I am not buying, like, I will not buy right. it. So for that person, there is this. And it does have, it, it, like, how you know this is really not trying to go for the crazy gusto, like the craziness of Dodge. The GT is the gas engine. There is also the plug-in hybrid. The plug-in hybrid is actually has a little bit more power. It has 288 horsepower, so that's like 20 more horsepower. But where the big difference is, instead of 295 pound-feet of torque, it has 383. So I was told that it feels like, even though it has more power, that that version of the car is very heavy. And so, like, how did you feel? Did you feel like the power outweighed the heaviness okay, of it? Okay, so here's the weird thing. I think the hybrid feels more Dodge than the non-hybrid. Because here's why I'm going to say that. Get behind the wheel of a Charger or Challenger. Does it feel light? Does it feel remotely light on its feet? It's fast, but does it right. feel light? It feels like you're in a tank. Right. right? And, and like when you are in a Hellcat, you're like, this is a lot of engine right. up you're front. Like, There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot happening here. You feel the size, the power, the weight of those vehicles. So there's a certain heaviness. I don't mean slowness, but heaviness to driving those yep. cars. When you get inside of the plug-in hybrid Hornet, it's a little bit heavier. It doesn't have the weight of those bigger vehicles, but it does feel a little bit heavier, but it is more responsive. It is more engaging. I like this one. I feel like if you're like, well, I want, I want the crossover thing. I want it from Dodge. Well, I'll do the gas engine. See, here's what I think. I'll do the gas engine because I'm all about power and gas. We got to do the gas engine. And rah, rah, rah. Don't get behind the wheel of the hybrid. Give the hybrid a chance because you're going to find because of the weight and because of that little extra power, especially that torque, it feels so much more engaging. Like the GT, the gas engine, fantastic. The RT, the plug-in hybrid, that one's that one I loved. I really okay. genuinely liked it. So, so what is the pricing on that? Is that like super expensive compared to? Because I feel like 
this is something that Chrysler, I'm going to say Chrysler, I'm going to feel very old when I say that, but I feel like Chrysler, the Chrysler brands, the Dodge brands, the Ram brands, when they do like a base model, it's really well priced and it's stripped down. It's not bad, but it is stripped down. It feels like this might be a fleet vehicle or a work truck. But when you look at like the the mid grades and then even the higher grades like that's when you start to get in especially like in the ram 1500 you get a lot of really nice appointments and you get into the hellcats and like the mid grade without the hellcats but like the mid grade pricing you're like okay this actually feels really good and and like it just to me it's it's i guess that's the question because yeah there's gonna be a lot of shared materials between the alpha does it benefit from having like this this more luxury more premium automaker attached to it or is it all different or or what, like, that's my question, I guess, is it, what, when your impressions, did you feel like it was a high quality, even in, you know, across the trim levels? I felt like the quality was good. So the starting price, the entry level Dodge Hornet GT, so your cheapest version of the Hornet um, starts under $30,000. Which is, that's what they said. Right. So, okay. And, so, but it goes over $53,000. It does. So that you, feels so expensive. So when you start getting to the top trims, that's another challenge. When you... So it's like, again, it has to be something that I think if you want to Dodge, you want to be a part of that Dodge family, you want an American car company, you don't, like, for people who really don't want to go with something else, I feel like, I don't feel like it's overpriced, but I definitely think the pricing is a little bit of a hard sell. Now this, um, I'm just reading the pricing, it says the 30 miles of EV driving you get with the GT, which mm-hmm. is the one you really liked, Yeah, that's 41000 that actually seems like a really See? solid so if you're mid-grade going, entry. So if you're going in at 41000 for a plug-in hybrid that has that kind of range... I like that. That's a good price. It's not bad. So it's like, okay, if you want to go all the way to the top, but you can do that in a in in the Nissans and the Kias and the Hyundais, and suddenly you're at the top of the lineup. It's like, oh, good gravy, you're spending a lot of money. But if you want to go to the top in this, you can do it. But if you don't want to go to the top, you still have a nice vehicle. The trims are good. The comfort is good. The handling is good. It's well-packaged. For the price that it comes out, and when you start adding on things like the fancy seats and the track pack and all that kind that's of stuff, that's when it gets expensive. That's when it gets expensive. So don't do that if you're not prepared to pay that, which is what you have to do with any car. Don't buy the top trim to get the leather seats if you can't afford the leather seats. Step down a little bit, get the engine, get the powertrain that you want, and say, okay, I got to back off on these amenities a little bit. I like that buying advice. That is very solid. All right, so we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about the GMC Hummer EV SUV, which is triple the price of a Hornet by a fleet of Hornets or one Hummer. (laughs) We'll be right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, we are back. Nicole has again gone on another trip without me. Uh, She was at the GMC Hummer EV SUV drive in San Francisco, California, up to Napa. Now, you had rain for that, right? So you got the rain that I had in in Napa, in a different part of Napa. So what happened was... And both of these programs, I got kind of lucky because I had a sunny day. So it poured rain, it poured rain, it poured rain, it poured rain. Then it was sunny for five seconds. And then it poured rain and poured rain and poured rain again. So I had the sunny day in the middle, which was kind of nice because that let us get out of the car and do some things. The challenge was for the GMC Hummer EV SUV, that is a mouthful of stuff, Um, is that they made this really incredible course for us to drive, Eileen, and the rain was like, to heck with you and the course that you have just come up with, because we're going to make your course not just mud, but like pea soup. It was so soupy. They had a much bigger course designed for us originally, and they showed us, like I asked, like, how much did you have to shrink this down? 
there were these orange barrels way at the corner. He's like, that's where you were supposed to go. We were only in maybe a third of that area. Uh-huh. Then on top of that, because it, the ground was so super saturated, where they had built up banks and things that were maybe, say, like two or three feet high, they just wouldn't hold. They would not dry out enough. That's so crazy. So everything had to be a little bit lower. However, the boggy mud part, mm-hmm. that was some boggy mud. <laughs> like, it was really... And California's been having a time when it comes to rain, and we don't usually get a chance. Now, I love that, though, because... So you and I drove the Hummer EV truck mm-hmm. in Arizona, very close to where we are now, yeah. actually, and it was very dry. It was very desert conditions. Mm-hmm. We drove it. And now this is ostensibly the exact same thing underneath. Yes. So we know how it will be performing that. Yes. So I say to you, how did it perform in the in the crowded streets of San Francisco? Yes. And the, the muddy and soupy conditions? Because so that's a completely different dynamic. Completely different. So here's the thing. Because the conditions, they just could not get any kind of consistency to what the conditions on the course were. They didn't let us drive the course ourselves. We had we could ride in the right-hand side, right seat, in passenger seat, and they had their engineers drive. Because there the reasoning wasn't like, well, you can't really get through it because it's going to outdo your truck. The reasoning is there is a wide range of skills among automotive journalists. Some of us Yeah, there's some people who don't know how to drive that are in this some job. Some of us are very comfortable in the muck and mud mm-hmm. and some of us are not. And what they didn't want to have, they couldn't just say, well, you can drive and you can't, and you can drive and you can't. It was a challenging course. So they said, we're just going to take you all out there. We'll have plenty of time to take you through this multiple times if you want. You can still see and hear and feel how the vehicle is doing, even though couldn't hold the wheel, couldn't feel the pedal under my foot. You know, so that, so it takes away a little bit of it, but you still get to see how it did. And it did really well. It didn't, it was a kind of mud that you could easily, if you weren't paying attention, there were also some like, I think it was part of the course that was sort of like, couldn't tell what was there, but there was something mm-hmm. where there were logs and things underneath there. There were spots. I mean, you were going down. You needed the skid plates on the bottom of that because you were hitting things that were okay. underneath. It was, you know, it was sinking very, like when I was watching okay. other people go through, the front bumper, which is not low, right. was touching the mud in spots. As it was okay, so, so it, you needed the actual abilities of the car to get through you that. You tested it. it. It did, and it went through really well. And of course, it has its little, the crab walk, which, you know, let's just sort of, Shimmy to the left and shimmy to the right around things. I do feel um, like that should be a dance, like the crab walk to me. The crab you walk, shimmy, shimmy to the left, left shimmy, shimmy to, to the, the right. right. Yeah, like, <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, Let your partner know he's it's doing it right. <laughs> like that's that's where feel it's free on. to use that GMC in your attack. Yeah, <laughs> you don't um, need LeBron. You just need me and my lyrical genius. So and you know so it so it it is very capable because of the it's a little bit shorter than the pickup truck. It you know it shouldn't feel that much different, but it feels unbelievably different. It feels so different driving it in the city. I remember you and I going through a drive-through at a Dutch Brothers in the truck, and we had that moment of, "Wow, this is a tight turn in this Dutch Brothers drive." Yeah, it's, it is easy to turn like that four-wheel steering. Yeah, you get and the same. You get the same thing with like Mercedes EQS and the Genesis G90. These large vehicles that make it easy to steer. It's amazing, and like some of the vehicles we've been in recently. Mm-hmm. That you you you're like that turning like the electric platform and it tur- makes a turning circle a lot tighter and I enjoy that. So the turning circle on the Hummer EV SUV is thirty five point four thirty five point four. What was I going to say? Feet inches? It's feet. Inches. My brain just completely froze. I'm looking at the number and I went. Ah. You know what? Because it's the suspension travel underneath it, so and I saw inches and my brain froze. So that's the exact, about the exact same as a Nissan Rogue. Right. Which and, is uh, considerably which is smaller. Considerable. So to give you a comparison, 35.4 on the EV SUV, it's 37.1 on the pickup. So that's a li- that doesn't sound like, that's, you know, that's like three feet. That's, hold your hands, everybody, about three feet apart, get a yardstick. That's a pretty good difference. That's if you're better than the Dodge something. Hornet. Both is, of those are better really? than the Dodge Hornet, which is, which is at thirty about thirty seven and a half. And this is this is huge, you guys. This is a huge vehicle. They did have a spot where they just did you know a really tight turn to show it. Um, and you look and you think, man, that is like the kind of thing you can like pull a U turn in a parking lot. You know, it was very it's so it is surprisingly more manageable in tight situations than you would think. Can I tell you one of my favorite parts of the whole drive though? Yeah. Okay, so the hotel they chose. Um, had no parking up front, and because it was raining, everybody was trying to get under the little thing to pull in, the regular humans coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was super crowded. And if you've ever driven in San Francisco, it's 9,000 one-way streets, so once you get past where you want to be, it's a maze to get it's back. It's like in Boston. Like in downtown right? Boston, you're like, I have no, uh, we're just going to stop here. We're going to stop. <laughs> we're gonna throw so the keys and just walk they away. They had nowhere for us to park, and then we went had to do a loop, mm-hmm. and then we came back, and the driver... Originally, they had one sort of on display in this little section of pavement right in front of the hotel. 
And it was a display thing. It was pulled up there all purdy, like an yeah, angle yeah. so everyone could see it, right? That one was no longer there. I get back, and the guys from the car, they're like, hey, you want to do something? I'm like, I, I would like to drop off the car. He's like, you want to just drive up in the curb right there? I'm like, really? He's like, yes. <laughs> so I'm like, he's like, just park right there. Park it right. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I literally back up, pull out of all the people waiting in line, and I just pulled right up on the curb. And the thing is, there was an outside thing. You know where they have the... Like an outside eating area that has plastic yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah. it. Ladies, ladies who lunch were having a lovely ladies who lunch. <laughs> there was some kind of thing. There were there were gifts. Everyone was dressed in pretty flowery things, and here I am, like bum bum bum, like <laughs> the, the look on those women. And I have to admit, I got a little joy from the the absolute fear when they're like, <gasps> and I was like, no, just park in my truck. That's awesome. That's so that awesome. Fun. All right, so that thing is priced, what, $120,000 somewhere yeah, around there? Is, I mean, it's it ridiculous. It is crazy. And you can't even, like, if you order one right now, you're it's getting It's four it years. In, it, so you can't really get a GMC Hummer anything. You can't yeah. get them. They've sold out for years. And they're so like making, like, 7 to 11 of them a day. Like, come yeah, on. They're not making a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, and it is super exclusive. Like, if I'm going to, I'm hoping I'm remembering the number right. They gave, like, the average income of a person who gets this. Throw a number out there, Eileen. What do you think the average? Four fifty. You're slightly high. Three twenty five. Oh, that doesn't still, surprise me. Still three hundred twenty five thousand. Yeah. This is not going to the average guy. Yeah. Or no. girl. Yeah, yeah. Can drive it. It's not going to the average human. It's it's three hundred twenty five thousand is the average income for the people doing this. So, yeah, I guess if you're if you want this and you want to buy it, like I would, if I had the money to burn and was just like, yeah, why the heck not? This is totally the kind of thing that you why the heck not and buy. Okay. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. I mean, we all need to have frivolous things we spend money on. This would be your frivolous. There you go. And it crab walks and has something. Oh, it also has, which they both do, the Watts to Freedom. Yes, WTF mode. Which is basically launch control, and it's WTF mode. Fun fact, you put WTF on some social media, they ban your thing because they think you're using profanity. Well, if they think that's profanity, they should see my vase from Asheville. I wanted to be (laughs) (laughs) You want to see profanity? You want to see profanity? Some there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and honestly, of all things, that the, the actual abbreviation WTF is not one of the we ones I'm concerned about. And, the, and my favorite WTF moment. So this is to show you just how aggressive this is because this was fabulous, and I have video of what the person involved looked like after uh-huh. on my social media channels. We had coffee sitting in the cup holder, mm-hmm. and when I did the WTF, the coffee sort of splooshed out of it. So he's like, "Well, I'm just going to hold it like so." Oh, I did see a real. He of this. held it, and it leaped out of the coffee cup. And went all over his shirt. So he had to change his shirt. And what he had said was, if you don't do WTF before you get your coffee, then you will WTF with your coffee. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's a reasonable thing. An absolutely reasonable so, thing. Yeah, so it literally splooshed coffee with the force of the acceleration. Sploosh. Splooshed. Sploosh. That's what it sounded like when it went all over poor Tyler Tate. <laughs> it's a great name, Tyler Tate FBI. Tyler, like, oh, he could be like like our. We have a Billy Black FBI now. We've got Tyler Tate. I know, FBI. I know. We've got lots of friends with lots of FBI names. FBI names. All right. So with that, I will question you in oh. scorecard when we get back with Ooh. our next segment. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back with Scorecard. Nicole, I am going to ask you questions this time. We're going back to a more traditional format that we've okay, had in the past few weeks. Tradition. Let me straighten my collar. And, okay. Okay. Yeah, straighten your collar. You have a collar on. <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we talked a little bit in this episode about, about the, uh, the, the levels of vehicle where you need to have like a certain amount of gas or a certain amount of charge left. And so I have to know. 
in your house. And I know your husband does most of your grocery shopping. Yes, so he you does. can you can call him out on this answer if you would like to. Okay. And he does listen to the podcast, so we're looking at you, Mr. Wakeland. Yes. Okay. <laughs> when you have milk in your refrigerator. Oh god. How low does the milk go before you buy another gallon or half gallon of milk? Is it like we're out of milk. I need to go purchase some today because we need some for tomorrow. Yes. Are you a, we're at half a gallon. Now I need to go buy another gallon. And it might go bad before that one expires. No, nope. we, have we to don't go. even buy a gallon anymore because we don't drink enough milk. We get, what's the small one? The, the half gallon? Half gallon? Yeah. No, like less than a half gallon. A half ga- No, maybe it is a half gallon. I don't know. You're doing the measuring with your hands. Stuff. The hands look like the half gallon. Okay. So mm-hmm. when it's like a quarter left. Okay. That's when we go get more milk. Otherwise, it goes bad. Or if you're my husband, and I legit watched him do this like he was a 12-year-old. He took the milk out. He sniffed it the other day. Went, this is bad, in front of me and put it back in. And I looked at him. <laughs> and I literally said, I, and as he put it in and shut the door, when the door, like, cleared so he could see my face, he like, I could see him realizing, like, I have made a terrible mistake. And I said, did you just? And he's now reopening the door. Put that back in. He's now taking it back out. Okay. Into the fridge. And he dumps it. So I will say that has happened in our house. And my husband's justification, and he's listening to this, so he'll correct me in person if I have misrepresented him, okay. is that we live in the South. And if it's really bad, you don't want, like, he'll dump the, he's dumped the milk out, but you want the milk to stay cold until the last possible second, because otherwise it gets hot, and then it sits in the trash can, and it gets, it gets stinky and weird, and when then it you, can, like, I don't know. You dump the yicky milk down the drain, Phil. You dump the milk down the drain, you rinse the drain for two seconds, you put the lid back on, there's nothing, there's, like, just... No. So I will say this. In his defense and in my understanding, I am, swear to God, a very lucky woman because he is the one that cleans out the refrigerator. Oh, because the man, the man who has, he, he, he can withstand all smells and looks of mold and things. He is the one that cleans out the refrigerator and goes through it and takes care of it. And I am eternally grateful for that's that. Like, if you can see the look on my face, I am basically like, oh my god, it's one of the best things ever. Phil, like, he don't takes worry, care of marriage that. marriage is solid. She loves you. I, I would never but leave you, but also I would never leave you fridge. for that. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> I could never find another man who's willing to do that for me. That is the ultimate sign well, of love and devotion. the fridge for me, so I take cleaning it out. I'm okay with that, because we also keep our fridge barely stocked. That's true. You, so. You're both rarely home, yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. Yes. We've had two vehicles we talked about today that are revital of the brand, the, the Dodge Horny Hornet and the Hummer EV SUV. Yes. Which is a better representation of their of their their original nameplates? Is it like oh, is the Hummer true to the Hummer, Hummer or the Hornet more of a Hornet? I'm going to say Hummer because the Hummer is the, the Dodge is a representation of the brand, but it's sort of like where it's going a little bit. It's not as much history. Hummer, aside from the fact that it's an EV, which I know is a significant change, is this big WTF vehicle. <laughs> It is huge and in your face and ridiculous and nobody needs it, but you want it anyway, which is exactly what the original Hummer was. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, we haven't talked baked goods in a while, so I feel oh. like we need to pivot to baked goods. I'm ready. Pivot. All right. Pivot. Cookie, cake, or pie? Cookie, cake, or pie? Okay. I need, to, like, one cookie or a whole cake? One cookie or a whole pie? I mean, pie? like, just in general. If you're like, I want a dessert, what are you going to opt for? Are you going to opt for the pie? Are you going to opt for the cookie? Are you going to opt for It's not the same answer for every circumstance. Or tart. Because we've had tarts this week. We've had two lemon tarts this we week. We have. So if I'm if I'm on the go, it's cookie because that's that's handy. Like, mm-hmm. you can put your pocket. You can put it. Who in- has put a cookie in their pocket? Nicole raises hand. Why, why would you put a cookie in your because pocket? Because if you get... Oh, come on. You get a cookie at Starbucks and it comes in a little bag and you're walking out You got I put, like shove the cookie in the bag in my pocket. It's I like have never car. once put a cookie in my pocket. I've never... I, to this moment, you are the first person I've ever encountered who has ever put a but cookie like, in their pocket. You have your coffee. You have your car key. The cookie goes in your pocket in the bag. I'm not just like slamming a chocolate chip cookie no, into my you, pocket. No. You have a pinky. You can hold on to that. Okay. You also have pockets. God gave us pockets. You can put you because you got your proximity keys. So you just put your key. You have. You don't carry a purse very often. I don't. So, uh, I, but also no cookies in the pockets. I'm no. sorry. That's weird. I. It's not. I put a cookie. <laughs> Come on. No, you would. But it's in the bag. Like, let's be clear. No. I don't just have like a naked chocolate. No, because that absorbs all the oil. They even an oily butt pocket. No, in the pocket of my. Can you see? I'm doing front pocket on jacket. That's even weirder. Who puts a cookie in their front pocket? 
in their jacket. I always, it's New England. I'm always wearing a jacket. I shove it in the pocket of my coat until I get to the car, in which time I withdraw it and I put it somewhere on the center console. I have more questions than answers. Okay, you know what? Okay, anyway. <laughs> we can agree to disagree It'll on be the cookie coffee. if I'm chat. It's always cookie if I'm in a car. It's going to be cookie because you can't eat a pie and drive or eat cake and drive. You can. The results are not pretty. Yes. H- hands on the wheel. There are no self-driving cars. <laughs> don't eat pie or cookies. Don't eat pie or cookies. Don't eat pie or cake behind the wheel at this point. I'm going to put right. a cookie in my pocket. <laughs> Next time I see you, I'm just going to do it and freak you out. I'm not going to. Cookies in both pockets. No, no, no. Cookie, no cookies cookie. in both pockets is All a bridge too far. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your favorite type of cookie? Oh, my favorite type of cookie? Yep. If you can make your own or you can buy it somewhere, make you, make, you make amazing cookies. You I are quite really the baker. I make good cookies. So I have a double chocolate Oreo crumble cookie that I make. It's got chocolate chips and a little bit of white chocolate chips. And you take Oreos and you squinch them up and you smash, 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 and you put them in. And then you take the cookies, you smash some more, and you roll the whole thing on the outside, and then you bake it. That's your favorite? That's my favorite. It's my that sounds delicious. I, I would it. like you to make me some. I can Maybe do you can that. make some during our, our for our June trip we're doing together. Yes. In New York. That'd be some <gasps> flying to Boston. That would be make fantastic. You those cookies, Eileen. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm well, bring, but I'm bringing them to you in my pockets, so make choices. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, warm cookies. <laughs> All right, this is the last thing, and I think I have the answer because you've taken me there, but the best cookie shop in the United States. Oh, my favorite one is Crumble. Oh, that was it. Well, like we've never Crumble. gone to Crumble together. But I was thinking, oh, no, I didn't go with you to Crumble. What were you thinking? I like Crumble. I was thinking like, you were going to tell me the one at Disney Springs. Oh, that's okay. I was thinking I was thinking more national scale. Disney, Gideon's Bakehouse is in Disney Springs, and I think there's a couple other locations in Disney World. And they also have this amazing iced coffee. They have a peanut butter iced coffee. If you've never been, had, if you like peanut butter, you're ever in Disney Springs, Gideon's Bakehouse, their peanut butter iced coffee is good. But I can only do that in Florida. But at home, I'm surprised the people at Crumble Cookies in Nashua don't know me by name. That's fair enough. I do enjoy that Crumble Cookies, you could just go to their Facebook page to find out what the cookies are, so you don't have to like log on to their website. Yes. You, don't, like, you just do that. And they change every 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 Sunday. There's a whole new... Uh, Sundays are closed. They're like the Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. But then on Monday, there's a whole new selection of cookies every week. I will tell you that Jake, who works for me, he and his wife gifted me <gasps> Crumble Cookies for Christmas, and they door dashed them to my house. Are they so good? I was having like are a trying to cram in everything before Christmas moment, and then like... Cookies ding- and I didn't know they were coming, so ding dong, the guys like hot crumble cookies uh-huh. for you. And I was like, Jake is the best employee ever. Cookies, cookies are like little <laughs> slices of happy heaven. Like a cookie arrives, you're like, oh, a cookie makes everything better. And then you're like, let me shove it in my pocket. Let me shove it in my pocket <laughs> for later. <laughs> Dang it, it's a valid place to put a cookie when your hands are full as long as it's in a package. All right, and on that note, we will see you later. We are next going to be traveling to, we're going to be in Arizona still for a while. We've got some other stuff coming up. We're in we Arizona do. again. We're going to record the next episode we while we're sitting here. here together. We yeah. live here now. We, we live here now. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. (laughs) Which is like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.